Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the scope. And now, here are your hosts, Jared, Adam, and Shane. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 308 of your scope program. We're back after a week, we're back after a fantastic Thanksgiving. I hope all of you had the Thanksgiving edibles, foods that you wanted to have and you did not actually go by the $20 limit that we set in the previous episode. I had a perfect $20 meal, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Jared, nothing more, nothing less. Completely sated. Not familiar with the cost of edibles these days, so I don't yeah. know if uh, twenty dollars <laughs> uh, high or low. You're not riled knew- up about the state of inflation in this country, haven't you heard? Gas prices are up, bread costs more, beef is twenty percent more expensive than last year. Everything sucks under Biden. Sorry, I didn't mean to make it political. Wow, we have we haven't really gone down the political path, but Jared is right there. Topical. What are we going to do? What what more can we add to the discourse? Yeah, I mean it's just us being sad or angry about things pretty much. And we can do that with nerd topics just as easily. Heck yeah. So let's do it. Shall we? Uh, About a week, week and a half ago, uh, Disney plus made a bunch of announcements. What was that? What was that day called? Disney plus day, Disney plus day. And it's almost like, it's almost like comic-con, right? I mean, it's, they go out, they make, Big announcements. They might give you a little clip here and there of the stuff that's going to be coming in the next year, year and a half. I mean, no panels, so it's not Comic Con. Did they do like a live event? Were they like someone like I talking feel, heads I, saying stuff? Because I, I just yeah, saw I stuff on Twitter. I didn't yeah. really like pay attention beyond that. Yeah, I feel like that's probably what it was. It was just Twitter announcements, but it's possible they may have had a live a live event for certain customers i don't know for sure let's all right we don't need to get to the bottom of it i was just no, curious we don't need to solve that mystery but we no. can certainly talk about a smattering of the shows now no, the shows we're going deep we're talking about everything okay so we'll start with jared's favorite movie the princess um, and the frog the original series the remake of cheaper by the dozen starring <laughs> gabrielle union and zach braff jared That's you've been that, waiting for this for is, years is this is this a thing is this That's really real a thing? That is real. Here's um, some. Here I'm real. Feels I'll read, unnecessary. I'll read you the given Disney how uh, inflation is going. I don't know that you can afford that dozen anymore. Yeah, it's not. It's more expensive by the dozen. Is what they should be calling it. Yeah. The Disney flagship announcements. So you got the cheaper by the dozen. You've got Disenchanted. That's the sequel to the hit film Enchanted, starring Amy Adams and Patrick Dempsey. Mm-hmm. Diary of a Wimpy Kid animated. We've got oh, Chippendale's Rescue Spencer. Rangers, starring John Mulaney and Andy Sandberg. Playing. That was a bit of a surprise, and people were hyped for it. We've got the Beatles' Get Back. We knew That's that was coming, though. November 25th. Yep. I said let it be. It's actually Get Back in the last show. Um, we've got, this is the one that Adam is excited about, Hocus Pocus 2. Bette Midler, you know. Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy DeJimini, Jimmy, which I never saw the first one. I, 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 this one has always been a bit of a head scratcher to me. Adam, you're younger. Tell me about this film. I don't know. Uh, you know, he, who you want on to talk about this is friend of the show, Molly. Um, yes, this is a, uh, a movie that she will 
record off of, you know, or TiVo, whatever DVR is called now, because everything's on demand. I don't know why she does this, but um, <laughs> she get, she will record it off of Freeform at the beginning of October every year and, and watch it. Um, she used to make us watch it when we would do our bike bar crawl. Um, Any, anyone thought of buying in. her a Blu-ray for a birthday or something? Uh, we probably, she, she probably has multiples. Uh, you know, it's a tradition. It's, tradition of recording yeah. it off free firm. Yeah. I got um, I have, so I have, I have seen the movie, uh, during that, um, enterprise, um, can't say I, you know, uh, remember any of it, but there yeah, you go. Yeah. It's, it's something that just seemed like it was, you know, it would happened. We forget about it, but for some reason, this one scratches that nostalgia itch for a very growing number of people it's very strange this is a i mean this is a movie that like midnight movie uh type theaters show throughout october throughout the country so yes yeah i mean there's it's there's an audience oh yeah there's a lot of people who love this film um it's definitely not for us but that's okay not everything is for us pinocchio robert zemeckis's live action and and visual effects film uh starring tom hanks is this live action live action or is this uh polar express yeah i don't i don't know if it's According with my uh, summary here, I can't answer that question. Okay. Well, it's it's got a big cast: so Tom Hanks, yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Keegan Michael Key, Lorraine Bracco. Fall of twenty twenty two. What else we got here? High Remember school when musical. Joseph Gordon-Levitt was was you know always doing stuff. What yeah. happened? He we had an know. Apple TV show that got canceled. Yeah. Oh yeah, Mister Corman. <laughs> yeah. Baymax. That's a. Uh, Follows Big Hero 6's Baymax, streaming exclusively in Disney Plus in 2022. Um, I'm sure people, there's people who would like that. We've got some Pixar announcement. Cars on the road, because we all love cars. There's going to be a new Cars series with Mater and Lightning McQueen heading out on a cross-country road trip. Mm-hmm. Again, not for us. A lot of kids love the car yep. stuff, though. So Here's interesting. It's something called Win or Lose. It's Pixar's first ever original long-form animated series. Uh, each 20-minute episode's highlights the perspective of a different character as a middle school co-ed softball team prepares for their championship game. Seems sort of specific in terms of what you do in high school, but hey, what do you want? Um, let's get to the stuff that we care about. Marvel. Hey, hey. Okay, maybe. Now, are you going right to Marvel and Star Wars stuff? Or are, yeah. are you done with Disney stuff? I'm done. Do you have a comment? Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Do you see this thing about a prequel to Predator? I saw something Isn't about it that. Called Explain. Prey? It's called Prey. Yeah. Okay. And that'll be it, on Hulu, right? Yeah. Yeah. If like, huh. okay. I feel like they've mined the Predator franchise for all it's worth. None of it's actually ever been good other than the first one. Arguably the second one, which is its own kind of weird d- thing. But Danny Glover, and it, it's cool in there. But I think everything else has been very bad. So why do we keep going yeah. back to Predator? Well, who on earth wants uh, a prequel to learn more about uh, here, I'm going to read this. Set in the world of Comanche Nation 300 years ago, the action thriller follows Naru, the skilled warrior who fiercely protects her tribe against a highly evolved alien predator. This is called Disney Bought Fox and has a bunch of IP, and they want to see what they can uh, get to stick. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yes, but also, why? I mean, I guess they got to fill up Disney Plus. They got to put content out there. Well, they're putting there. on a Hulu, which, yeah. Uh, <laughs> fill up Hulu. Which is where you yeah, put the more yeah. violent, adult-oriented stuff. I guess so. Okay, so you're also skipping X-Men? No, we'll get to that's part of okay, the Marvel. Okay. I mean, R- okay, last sure. time we yeah. checked, it's part of Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so 
I'll just go down the list. The first thing, obviously, is Hawkeye. That just came out. Yep. Review. We'll have our, yep. First two episodes will be out by the time this, uh, our episode of this podcast is out. Right. We'll have seen it. We'll probably have liked it. Right. Uh, Moon Knight starring who, Jared? Uh, Oscar Isaac. Your boy. Vigilante who suffers Duke from. Duke Leto himself. Identity disorder. Yep. Big, big. Uh, we've got She-Hulk. We knew about that. Starring Tatiana Maslany. Yep. Miss Marvel. And Mark Ruffalo. Yep. Ms. Marvel. Yep. Ms. Marvel. Come on. Kamala Khan. We've got Echo. That's a spinoff from uh, a character that was in the Hawkeye Hawkeye TV show. Yep. We don't know yet. We don't yet know if we've actually met this character yet. How's <laughs> was that about talking about yeah. things that have happened in your world, but not in ours yet. <laughs> right. We've got Ironheart, which is uh, essentially the next generation of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Dominique Thorne is... Is it Rory Williams, a Reading, genius yeah. inventor who creates the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man? Now here's here was a, a surprise that people were really excited to hear about. Agatha, House of Harkness. That Agatha was a comes, surprise. Yep. Agatha Agatha comes back from Wandavision. My guess is is that if she, there wouldn't have been the response to her, this show would have never happened. So good for them for making that happen. Here's a good one: Secret Invasion. Sam Jackson returns as Nick Fury with Ben Mendelsohn reprising his role as the Skull as the Skrull Talos in his crossover. One little shot of a haggard uh, Nick Fury. Yep. Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special um, starring the cast and written directed by James Gunn. And this leads into the third Guardians of the Galaxy film. Yep. We've got a season two of What If, which overall, I actually like that series quite a bit. Uh, We've got a Spider-Man cartoon, Spider-Man freshman year. It's animated that follows uh, Peter Parker's road to becoming Spider-Man within the MCU. So it's going to be an animated version of a prequel of Spider-Man's life, Peter Parker. Um, I Am Groot, original animated shorts exploring baby Groot's formative formative years before becoming one of the Guardians. And a spinoff of What If? Marvel Zombies, uh, which was one of the strongest episodes of What If? Mm-hmm. This animated series reimagines the Marvel Universe as a new generation of heroes battle against an ever-spreading zombie scourge. It'll be interesting to see if they keep it within the context of Marvel Cinematic Universe characters or if they open it up to the broader world of Marvel heroes, since the comic books definitely featured everyone. So Fantastic Four, X-Men, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I in, thought in I a- had read it wasn't, and maybe you didn't mean spinoff in, in the literal sense, but I had read it was supposed to be geared more towards the those the comics the okay Marvel yeah just comics. A, maybe they just got a good enough response where they're like yeah. hey, we can go back and revisit this once more and then of course like. what adam had mentioned earlier we've got x-men 97 this is an animated series that follows uh the 1990s animated series with a bunch of new stories set in that universe i mean that came out um like 93 or somewhere around there. I don't remember. I remember sitting in Jared's apartment on a Saturday morning, <laughs> yeah. being so excited about this and then watching it. And it was like, ah, oh, this animation isn't that great. And then I never really watched it again. But again, this is sort of like Hocus Pocus. There's a huge generation of kids yep. who are now grown up that absolutely love it. And they look back at it fondly as they should, if you're eight or nine years old. And um, yeah, and from what I understand, the show is going to pick up right where the other one left off. Yeah, which I mean, Adam, you were just probably wish fulfillment for a lot of people, which is great. Yeah, Adam, you were, you know, probably slightly outside of cartoon age by the time this came out. But did you secretly like this, or is this one 
another one that you don't really care about that it came out in 92 so i was 12 12 um so it's like yeah i guess i was i was outside of the like teenage mutant ninja turtle uh range but i remember the show like dealt a lot with their like interpersonal relationships mm-hmm. um which i found boring um <laughs> yeah you so want act, you want x-men action right right and it, there was i mean don't get me wrong there was a lot of action mostly you know fighting sentinels and, and stuff which i think at the time i was even like sentinels are boring i don't get it um but you know the important thing to remember is this is the series where the wolverine meme came from right yeah so they got to build off of that. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the, the the main thing to look forward to. Is and their announcement featured that that yes. meme. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I still, to, to me, that's what's interesting about this is this is Disney's first real shot at the X-Men. So for better or for worse, this it's is. Kinda, this, I mean, it's this not this really. Yeah, it's but like, I mean, but it's not like this is a Fox thing. This is a yeah. Disney thing using the x-men so who knows maybe it maybe it's a precursor to the x-men starting to pop up in the mcu which i don't think it's going to happen i think i think we're probably a good five years out from that but my opinion well, I, yeah i think we have to be given their yeah. you know production lineup right and everything. so let's finally let's hit the star wars slash lucasfilm announcements uh much much smaller list of things mentioned uh, but we know that there's more shows out there. So first of all, Willow. So we're going to see the return of Warwick Davis as his iconic character, Willow, joined by a bunch of different castmates. Um, I'm assuming this is a sequel. Oh, look, Jared. I'm excited. I don't. I've never even seen the entire first movie. Actually, I really? own it. No, I've never seen all of Willow. So last Christmas, Mandy wanted to just watch like something fun mm-hmm. and something she'd never seen before. And so for you some reason, Outbreak. Yeah, yeah. And for some reason, I, I slightly was like, less intense. I was going through like sci-fi stuff. She doesn't really like scary stuff, so I was like, "Crawl, crawl's not good." Lady Hawk, you know. No. I was going through like that. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was Beast like, "Master." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, "Have you ever seen Willow?" And she's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." So I like try to recap it for her, and she's like, "I don't think so." And I was like, "Okay, let's watch this." And it's short. You know, I think it's 95 minutes or something. Was that a pun right there? It's short? Wow. I don't get it. Mm, hello? Um, <laughs> and she loved it. She was like, this is exactly the kind of movie I wanted to watch. She loved She thought yeah. it was great. Moderately, uh, you know moderately appealing up. green screen effects. Yeah. You got, yeah. You got a two-headed dragon called the Ebersisk? I mean, come on. Yeah. You got those uh, weird... That's a little uh, clever by half. Gorilla-looking <laughs> bad guys, you know, that, uh, that swarm Mad Bargain at one point. Well, that could definitely be a film on movies we missed, for me anyway. I didn't miss it. I saw it in the theater. Wow. But it could be. Could be Just for some Lucasfilm fanboy. So it, yeah. Jared's excited. Adam's excited. Are you guys excited about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming out uh, in 2022, starring Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen? I am excited. Darth Vader, Hayden, Darth Vader, Obi-Wan, secret Jedi lightsaber fight. I'm excited. I'm a little concerned that they're really pushing this whole, oh, let's see Obi-Wan and Kenobi and Darth Vader fight again. It's like, well, they fought twice already. And like, and it's sort of like made poetic sense in how we have it now. How are you going to justify this third battle? That's what I'm waiting to see. Because it goes by the exact phrase, the the classic third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. This is where they're going to get it right finally. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, it's the rule of threes in comedy. R- so rules it's actually going to be a buddy comedy. Oh, um, so right I'm going to see road. a new hope in a whole different light. Got it. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I am excited about it because the last time we saw, not canonically last time, but the last chronological time we saw Obi Wan Kenobi, he murdered Maul. So yeah. like, in a, that's in a beautiful, poetic way. Yeah. And I feel like this, but this Obi Wan series is going to take place before that, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think right. so. Because I don't see uh, like I mean, I, Ewan McGregor being like old gray-haired Alec Guinness type Obi Wan right. as he was portrayed in that episode of Rebels. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, but you know, it's like it's new Star Wars content. Um, yeah. That's you know, like the mainline movies. It's very funny, like given who we are, how little we talked about uh, Rise of Skywalker. Um, at least on this yeah. show, I'm sure. Yeah. That's because we dovetailed that. straight into a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it went right into it. We, yeah. had, we, were, we were on our we were on our break, our winter break, and then COVID came, and yeah. we didn't feel like talking about it. But I also didn't like the movie that much. Yeah. So honestly, right. it was right. disappointing, and in retrospect, uh, it's even more disappointing. So yeah. There. <laughs> yep. Anyway, um, enough said. So, but like, I think it also made the Mandalorian better, uh, and you know, by comparison. Um, so it's like I'm excited for new Star Wars content, yeah. and yep. I'm hopeful. Uh, yeah, I'm scared. Not scared. That's the wrong word. None of this matters. So who cares? But um, <laughs> there, that's a lot of content. Um, there's already this feeling, I think, out there that it's like too much Marvel. Um, I think that you're in a better spot with Star Wars, but also maybe people are burned out because the star wars rhetoric over the last you know yeah seven years has been <laughs> i don't of, feel like it's too much marvel in fact i am i'm having a hard time waiting for it all and i want to see some of these shows really badly i think disney's plan is is to have new marvel or new star wars all the time right yeah yeah i mean trying I mean, to hey, fill up that space all the time yeah. they paid a lot of money for them right. so you're so gonna run they, through hawkeye right into book of boba fett yep yeah and that's I mean, it to be clear, I'm excited for that. I'm looking forward to that. I hope they're all good. I just wonder if, like, what the hit rate is going to be. You know, yeah. like, um, it all can't be the Mandalorian season one in the sense. I mean, I like, I love both seasons, but season one was so exciting to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not all going to be that, you know. Yep. I mean, not everybody loved the Eternals, for instance. So, you know, they're going to there's going to be misses. And, and with Marvel, or you know, compared to Star Wars, Star Wars, like they can't even get a movie made at this point. You know, we've, we've <laughs> no, got nope. Rogue Squadron delayed, maybe shelved is what I'm hearing. Maybe shelved. A lot of big talking. Ryan Johnson's trilogy shelved. There's really no other movies in the pipeline at this point. Yeah, there's nothing. So I think, okay. hey guys, I think Kathleen Kennedy might not be good at this. That's that's my feeling on this. Yeah. And you're not saying Lucas, that. I mean, from, the Lucasfilm film division has some issues to work out, and I don't know how they work that out. But I mean, I, I I don't know if the rumors are true. I mean, if you hear rumors about uh, Lucasfilm meddling with Favreau and his how he's running Mandalorian and him having to push back and saying, "Just let me let me do my thing. I've got a vision," you know, maybe you let Favreau do his thing. Maybe he's the Feige of the Star Wars world. And I I, I think I absolutely think they should. I think Filoni and and Favreau let yeah. them. Let them give them the keys because they know what they're doing. Period. Yeah. You, I mean, I guess it's hard to, you know, 
say, hey, here's a $4 billion <laughs> thing. Uh, figure out what to do with it. Um, but yeah, I, it would be nice. I, I think that they would do a good job. But What's been the best Star Wars you know, in the past 15 years? Yeah. Everything well, that they've touched. It's The Last Jedi. But um, yes, the second best thing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Any other Star Wars news to talk about? Um, I think uh, the only other thing that I have on my list is that uh, the Under the Helmet, the Legacy of Boba Fett documentary premiered. Mm -hmm. So you can watch that and you can learn all about him and get you excited about the book of Fett. Did I miss anything or do you have any other uh, any comments? I don't think so. I mean, they they added a couple more um, assembled episodes. Um, If you're into the making of the films. And uh, TV series for Marvel. They've added a couple more of that. So they they had recently added um, Black Widow to that. And now they've added uh, What If and Shang-Chi. So I've watched the Black Widow one. I've watched the um, What If. And I'm excited to watch the Shang-Chi one after I watched Shang-Chi again. So there. There we go. Jared is a repeat viewer kind of fellow. Well, I, I like to watch making of documentaries about films too. So yeah. So those those are in my wheelhouse. You like the behind the scenes and I like to know how the Disney, how, Plus, Disney Plus has got a lot of stuff out there for you. There's a I'm lot just gonna of say, guys, John Favreau, bring back dinner for five, but it's only Star Wars uh, people. Just I just not, do that. Yeah, right. That'd be fun. All right. And Star like Wars John, people have Star Wars people have appeared on it. So I mean, yeah. there's it's not like we're starting a whole new thing. Well, boy, we've talked a lot about Disney. Now we're going to talk about other movies, non-Disney. I mean, this movie practically could have been a Disney film, right? Uh, we got a new bit. I'm calling it Movies We Missed. Uh, we're going back and we're reviewing films that one of us never saw for whatever reason or another. And I'm pretty excited about uh, what we'll be, we'll be talking about in the B-Block. And uh, we've also got Adam and his uh, coming soon leading us right into that holiday season. Very, very exciting. So usually skip it, but you probably don't want to skip this one. This is, no, this is, this is the one where skip. Adam really, really makes, yeah. makes it uh, worthwhile. Adam put like a seven or eight effort into this, this time around. It's big. That's good. So stick seven or eight's great. You want to leave yeah. some reps in, the, reps in the tank. You don't want to burn yourself out. You can't go to failure every time. Yeah. That's like a Shane three, but still very, very good for Adam. Take a quick break. We'll be back with more of episode 308, 308 of your scope program right after this. Stay tuned. Folks, as Adam said in the last episode, it was give to the max time in Minnesota, but now it is give to the scope time. Please. It's the holidays. It's the season of giving. Consider supporting the show. Patreon is the where you want to go to do that. Patreon.com slash the scope show is the URL. Type that into your web browser of choice. I think it supports everything. Go there. You can pledge as little as a dollar an episode. You can become a scope patron. The limited few who support us financially. You could be one of those people. They're heroes. Heroes. You hear that? You want to be a hero? You can be a hero for as little as a dollar an episode. Patreon.com slash The Scope Show for more information. Hey, everybody. We're back. Jared, is it Thanksgiving? 
Because that's Thanksgiving music by my ears. That's a, it's, it's, it's a non-denominational song I play anytime I don't have the proper music bed to play. <laughs> I love it. We're back, everybody. Uh, today we've got we've got a heat-seeking missile of fun. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but uh, we're getting into it. It's a brand new bit, Movies We Missed. So it's impossible to believe. While it's po- imp- Let me start this over. Oof. You're doing so well. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna cut this out right cut it out and post it's already live i've already posted it <laughs> dang it dang it uh, well it's impossible to believe the truth is that jared adam and i have each have a list of movies that for some reason or another has just slipped by movies that nearly everyone has seen and yet we've managed to avoid or just plain forget about them well today that that changes that stops here right now Today, we begin to write our greatest cinematic oversights by watching and reviewing these films in a new segment we call Movies We Missed. Our inaugural pick is from my list, because okay. I believe both Jared and Adam have seen this one. But nonetheless, it's still a doozy for me. I'm talking about the 1995, nearly 96 Robin Williams classic, Jumanji. Oh. Jumanji. Yeah, Jared doesn't like, like Jared doesn't know we're doing it. He's very, very sneaky that way. I love it. So it's directed by Joe Johnston, who is a fairly big time guy in Hollywood, involved in in the art direction of the Star Wars films. Um, he directed Jurassic Park three. He's had a pretty good career. Captain uh, but America. This is, yeah, and Captain America, absolutely. Yeah, first Avenger. Um, yeah, this is one I of think my favorites. This, the Rocketeer. And the Rocketeer. Yeah, his problem is most of those. Yeah, I shrunk the kids. Yeah. Yeah, he had some early and dogs more. or like. <laughs> so it's based on Chris Van Ellsberg's picture book of the same name. The film is the first installment of the Jumanji franchise. Uh, there have been three. Uh, it stars Robin Williams, one of uh, the first, if not the first, been, uh, film appearance of Kirsten Dunst, David Allen Greer, Bonnie Hunt, one of my favorites, Jonathan Hyde, and Bebe Newworth from Frasier. The story centers on a supernatural board game that releases jungle-based hazards upon its players with every single turn they take. As a boy in 1969, Alan Parrish, played by Robin Williams, became trapped inside the game itself while playing with his friend Sarah Whittle. 26 years later, siblings Judy and Peter Shepard find this game, begin playing it, and then unwittingly release the now-adult Alan. After tracking down Sarah... The quartet re- resolves to finish the game in order to reverse all of the destruction it has caused. And it's all it does is destroy the world. I don't really know. They don't really give us the, the genesis of why this game is so evil, but it's doing this this town no favors. I will tell you that much. Well, there's a Disney Plus series that goes over the the origin story of the oh. Jumanji board game well, coming up pretty soon. So. Wow. We didn't cover that in A Block, but it's good to yeah. know. Good thing. The film was released uh, on December 15th, 1995 to mixed reviews. But it was a box office success, grossing $263 million worldwide and a budget of approximately $65 million. Tenth highest grossing film of 1995. Hmm. So earlier okay. I was speaking of tracking down Sarah, you know, when uh, Alan was looking for her after he got out of that game. Our first clip features Robin Williams as grown-up Alan knocking on Sarah Whittle's, Whittle's door, played by, as I mentioned, Bonnie Hunt, who was one of my favorites of the 90s. She's, I just, there's something about her that I love. Um, so he knocks on her door after he emerges from the Jumanji game. Jared. Sarah? No, I, I don't go by that name anymore. Sarah Whittle? 
What do you want? 26 years ago, you played a game with a little boy down the street. A game with drums. How do you know that? I was that little boy, Sarah. She fainted. Oh. Theater of the mind, everyone. Theater of the mind. Oh. Hey, we've got one more clip. In this scene, Alan rolls the Jumanji dice and finds the floor becoming far less stable than he'd like. Beware the ground on which you stand. The floor is quicker than the sand. Ah! 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 Okay! Ah! Okay, stay calm. Don't struggle. Don't struggle. Stay calm. I'm calm. Tremendous quick sound visual effects. Or quick sound yep. visual effects in this scene. He's sinking in. Stay calm! Come on! Oh, good! Okay. <laughs> There is a lesson. All right. There is a lesson you will learn. Oh, I got you. Sometimes it must be like a turn. Somebody had a go-gurt. Uh, yep, delicious. Oh. Did I hurt you? Oh, no. Oh, dear. I guess I could have edited this a little Thank bit you, more. Judy. Nah. Thank you. It's good stuff, that right? That was very quick thinking. Sarah and I would like to get out of the floor. So it's your turn, Peter. <laughs> okay. There we go. Currently, you can find Jumanji on Netflix and available to buy digitally and on Blu-ray slash 4K UHD. Um, some quick tidbits about this film. Little, little... Uh, Sorry, I found my uh, I found my great grandfather's old seventy eight records and decided to put one on the gramophone. Very nice. So TriStar Pictures agreed to finance the film on the condition that Robin Williams plays the starring role, but Robin did not like the role based on the first script he was given. Um, it was rewritten a few times by Joe Johnston and uh, the writer of the original not the kids' book himself, um, and Williams eventually accepted. Uh, but Joe Johnston had reservations over casting Robin because, you know, he likes to improvise. Mm-hmm. And uh, the problem is, is that it was a tightly structured story and uh, they were worried that Robin would not be able to to handle that sort of pressure. And uh, he understood it and actually did it as as written. And I think eventually as they went through, they sort of gave him more leeway to also do some improvisation. But watching this film, I don't know what you guys think. It did not feel like Robin was, you know, doing his typical, you know, like his Aladdin type of uh, monologues where he literally just goes crazy. He plays it pretty serious, I think, for the most part um, and kind of lets the action and the story uh, take the picture to where it's meant to be rather than sort of his zaniness. Uh, but uh, Robin was not the first choice to play Alan Parrish. Tom Hanks was was one of the main contenders. 
along with uh, Dan Aykroyd and Bruce Willis. Well, there's a whole list of people here. Michael Keaton, Kevin Klein, Apparently, Robin Williams, still one of the most bankable stars of the early and mid-90s, was, was not high on this list. Um, but Bruce Willis was unavailable because he was working on the classic Die Hard with a Vengeance. Thumbs what? down. Didn't, didn't like that one. That was a great... Uh, Die Hard 3? Nah. That's, you, they only needed to make one Die Hard. That was it. The first one. Uh, Kirstie Alley was considered for Sarah Whittle, while Scarlett Johansson auditioned for Judy Shepard, Kirsten Dunst's role. Oh, wow. Says says citation needed. So I don't know if you want to go with that one. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, looking at, you're looking at my sources. You're opening us up to uh, libel and slander there. <laughs> Finally, so uh, this this movie came out a couple of years after Jurassic Park. But um, I, the visual effects were not up to, you know, or, or at least they weren't doing all um, computer effects at this point. It was sort of a combination of traditional stuff and then, you know, stuff you would see in Jurassic Park, uh, all done by uh, Industrial Light and Magic. Um, Adam, yep. did you know that IL- ILM developed two new software programs for this movie, uh, which allowed for the illustrators to create realistic facial expressions on the computer-generated animals in the film? And another, for the first time, created realistic digital hair used on the monkeys and the lion. No, I didn't know that until but I read the Wikipedia article also. Now you do. I mean, so, I'll say if you, well, we'll get into it in a minute. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we've sort of covered the nuts and bolts of Jumanji. What did you guys think, you know, initially when you saw that film back in the day and then watching it now for this What We Miss segment? Shane, I have a big surprise for you. Go ahead. I told Jared this already. I went into this with this idea that I already watched this movie and I was going to, you know, update myself on it. So I, you know, I popped it on last night. And ten minutes into the movie, I realized I've never seen this movie before. <laughs> so we, um, so we got two birds with one stone with this. I yeah, love it. Like I, it's like I knew the story. You know, I know right. what's happening. So I absorbed it, you know, through through years. But uh, it was new to me too. Um and hard to watch as you know like a uh like this is not aimed at us right you know? even um, back in the 90s it really wasn't aimed at us right um and i'll say the, the year after okay th- i thought the effects were were all bad but mm-hmm. it's like well it was the mid 90s independence day came out the next year for effectively the same budget and it's like they're different creature effects you know i get mm-hmm. that yeah i i rewatched independence day uh last last year most of the effects hold up i mean and the effects are used very sparingly uh, because in that movie it's mostly you know people arguing in boardrooms and then like you know big things happen yeah uh, a miniature blowed up yeah right it's <laughs> miniatures but that movie looks good um and the the, the effects in this it's a kids movie but again the budget's right. almost identical um mm-hmm. seems it, it was surprising to me yeah. i think i think um, the problem with with that though is that this is trying to do realistic renditions of things we're familiar with, you know. So yeah. you've got monkeys and lions and alligators yes. and things like that. But even the the vine looked, you know, yeah. like chintzy. It looked like from labyrinth or something. Um, and but it's like you know, classic kid story sort of thing. I was surprised it's a PG movie because like one of the very first lines is about how this this little boy who's a sixth grader, we learn later, I think. So he's 10 years old, was murdered by his parents and chopped up into little pieces and hidden <laughs> yeah. in the walls. Right, yeah. This is a, <laughs> this this movie, if there's anything that's consistent, is a dark undercurrent 
all yeah. through, you know, uh, murders and children in peril and, and, and yeah, it's, and a lot of gunplay, which I think is, you know, a bit more common and accepted back in the nineties. But I mean, for whatever reason, there's like this big game hunter that's trying to kill and it's his dad playing the game. Yeah. And it's why, so, why is it played by the same so, character? So I read dad? about that and I tried um, to figure that cheaper out. Cheaper than so, paying for two. <laughs> so, so there, I guess there's a, there's a tradition of having like a, like a matriarchal or a, you know, like a fatherly character also play the villain. And they, they made the, um, the comparison to like Captain Hook in Peter Pan. It was the same thing. Oh, okay. Like you have, it's for whatever reason, that's why they do it. Like a theatrical tradition, like a theatrical tradition, or man, okay. maybe it probably saved money as well. But yeah, I mean, it, it was weird that his father was trying to kill him, and, and we don't even really do we know why this guy is trying to kill him. I mean, the same reason part, that any of the animals are trying part of the to game. get the, you know, yeah, part, part of the game. Of the game. Okay, the okay. game's about to get him. It Have you guys seen the, the the Rock, uh, the the modern sequels? I've never seen a Jumanji nope. film. Oh, okay. I will say I, the, I the first way one, better, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're you they're know what? Modern. I did see the first one. What am yeah. I talking about? I saw the first one, of okay. course. Uh, like, I think that's a good uh, effects action movie. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, action comedy. Um, the second one's not as good, but I still, I still like it. Um, that you know, like that's different. They they do kind of sort of explain some of the things, but it, none of it matters. It also takes place in the game instead in of in game. our world, which is yeah. a little different. Right, take right. It. it makes a little bit more sense too. Yeah, I definitely saw this back in the day, um, and I'm a little surprised that you hadn't, Shane, because we saw an awful lot of movies together during this era. We did. Yeah. Um. So I can only imagine I maybe got went with Earl or something. Like I I don't know who I saw it with, but yeah. Um. This is how I can judge whether or not I I thought favorably of the film, uh, is because I bought a lot of the movies I liked on home video back in those days, mm-hmm. and I don't own Jumanji on DVD. Uh, so that is probably an indicator of what I thought of the film. And I'm pretty sure you're maybe ninety five was was DVD out then. No, nah. so no. it would have been VHS, and I definitely yeah. didn't buy it on VHS. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was, yeah. I will Here's, say that um, you're, this sort of sits in that. It's an interesting film from a special effects standpoint in that it's really, yeah, Jurassic Park started, but it's still really at the beginning of CGI car- um, creature work. Yeah. But it's kind of at the peak of animatronic creature work. And I yeah. thought the animatronics were fantastic in this. Like some of the lion stuff was like, oh, that's really good. Like that looks real. That's true. And there was yep. a plant, you know, that was sort of like uh little shop of horrors, which was, you yeah. know, there. And, you know, I was telling you, Jared, when I, when I watched this initially, I gave some of the, the CGI animals a pass because, you know, it's, you have these weird animals that are coming out of a book, which is sort of fantasy, fantasy, like, and it didn't need necessarily need to be super realistic, but there are other elements in here, especially like that quicksand scene, for instance, where Robin Williams is sort of sinking into this wood floor mm-hmm. and it just looks terrible. It doesn't, really it doesn't look good. And it's not necessarily because it was executed poorly. It's just the technology was not there for something like that to happen. So it, they're, that, they're that, creating that's like good, stuff. That's an example of like, I think a scene that they probably just shouldn't either not do or just completely change how you're doing it. You know, what right. if, like 
um, I think that like the floor used... could turn into quicksand. Like sure. you'd actually be in quicksand. Yeah. You cut yes. away, and all of a sudden it's quicksand. You know? Yeah, rather than being liquid wood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It almost looked uh, like a Nintendo sixty four demo or something. Like, hey, we did something like yeah. that on. Remember when Mario jumped through the mirror on Mario sixty four? Let's right. do something and like wah, that wah, with wah. the floor. I mean, that's sort of what it looked like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, on YouTube, there's always these like worst effects in movie history, and like the the whatever those those guys that do the the collider uh guys do those yeah, uh yeah. vfx reels and the that one and the escape from la are kind of ones that i think are kind of commonly used as like examples of of bad visual effects but it's like yeah. th- what do they have in common they're both mid-90s movies you right. know i think that they people were trying things yeah they're just trying to get away with stuff and right yeah. um uh so yeah like like i said it, it's hard to like judge based on that and you know at a certain point like why like, the audience that this was for at the time they didn't care you know it's just right. a, it's a fun romp yeah and it's i mean that stuff back then they people have never seen anything like a lot of that stuff so right. you you hold it to different standards than what you hold it to now yeah um the, the other thing about this is that you know it's it has a pretty capable cast i mean all the child actors are capable uh, robin williams and bonnie hunt are you know by any you know measurement very good actors, but I don't think that the script did them any favors. Like, you know, it's, they didn't find that sweet spot for what makes Robin Williams funny. And same with Bonnie Hunt. Like she has been, you know, in the nineties, she was in many movies where she was just appealing and funny. Um, She was in cheaper by the dozen with uh, Steve Martin. She played the mom in that. And, you know, she just has a charm about her that this movie did not have. Um, It definitely was about, the board game and the trials that it puts the people through. And I think the characters are and their development, even though they try really hard with child death and murder and kidnap or whatever it is, (laughs) you know, uh, the sadness of a child being locked away in a game for 20 something years. It just doesn't, it's not really, it's not really that great. You know, you know, you're, you're not really getting anything from them. I mean, you do have from a character growth standpoint, you do have, Robin Williams's character um, basically winning the game and getting back to his childhood with yeah. the complete knowledge of what had happened to yeah. him as an adult uh, and being able to then parlay that into uh, taking over the family business and continuing its success and being very uh, nice to uh, the employees in the community. That's um, very weird, by the way. Yeah, like, it is. Like and, all of a sudden, and it turns the girl into a he was playing travel. with, Bonnie Hunt's character, also apparently knowing, yeah. like remembering this for some Somehow she remembered it, even though I guess she, he probably told it to her. But, but yeah, he's the only one that knew, right? So and, he like oh. basically gets to live two lives and has all of this knowledge of the world in the future and can make you know business decisions based on that, which is a, I guess gra- a great uh, advantage if you can get it. That's actually the movie that I would want to see if you want to know the truth. Like I just want that story. Uh, one other thing that I have to point out that I'm assuming you guys noticed as well as there's a, there's like a C plot in the story that start that features David Allen Greer, mm-hmm. where in 1969, he works in Robin Williams's dad's shoe factory, pair of shoes, yep. pair of shoes. And his big thing is that he has created a brand new shoe. That's going to revolutionize the world. 
and he pulls out these shoes that literally look like they were made in 1995, <laughs> like Air Jordan circa 1995. Yeah, you yeah. know, with like the High top basketball pl- shoe, yeah, the molded plastic. He's so far ahead of his time, but I was like, where is this guy? I mean, he, they could have, they, I mean, they could have done vintage Jordans 1980, you know, 1984. But no, no this no. was like this was a shoe that was literally ripped out of the future. He back to the future did. He did. You know, he. <laughs> It was a little strange. Like they didn't make really make any attempt to make it look like it was a a prototype, like early prototype of that. It was was literally back in time type of thing. Yeah. There's that weird part where he calls uh, on the phone and he goes, Hey, Phil Knight, it's your cousin. (laughs) Randy Knight. Randy Knight. You know that new shoe you've been looking for? Well, listen slash watch this. There was also a cutout scene where he pulled out an iPhone 12 and said, I just, I created this crazy. smartphone. It's crazy. I'm going to call At it some a point there'll be a, there'll be a, there'll be a, a worldwide network that this thing can connect to. But until then it's useless. I can't even uh, charge it. It's just a useless brick for the next 40, 50 years. There's a lot of technology that has to be invented, right. but we're going to get there. I that like was, the the just the don't guy. drop it because you're not getting a screen replacement. <laughs> I like the guy that that what was, was his name uh, Randy Knight. <laughs> yeah, Randy, Randy Knight. Randy Knight. He's um, the squatter in the uh, in the shoe factory who like just knew oh, everything. Right. Yeah, that was weird too. Like he was there's a there was a very put together squatter who had like a whole beautiful well, like I'd probably live there. I'd go camping there. Yeah. Robin Williams is like, hey, do you know? And he says his dad's name, and he's like, oh yeah, I see them on Adam Street all the time. Yeah. Oh, you mean you see their tombstones on right. Adams yeah. Street? All the- <laughs> it's like, hey, by the way, did you see that shoe? I mean, that technology of that shoe. I mean, it was thirty years ahead of its time. But yet it, ru- but it ruined your dad's shoe machine. Remember, it got ground <laughs> up and. Yep. Yeah, Dang. I mean, uh, like we just to go back to the time travel part for a second. <laughs> it's weird to like assume that the the weird romantic relationship that somehow develops over the course of about 90 minutes uh between robin williams and bonnie hunt where there's a part where like they're in peril and you know she does the the thing where she's like oh we're our faces are close to each other so i want to kiss i want to kiss you (laughs) even though we're about to die yeah um and then that uh, evolves into them back being 10 year olds and then being like we're gonna get together and have kids also an old mom because uh, she's pregnant at the end there, an old mom for the mid nineties, um, and then <laughs> and then and another and, thing, and then so the, the he he must have found because the kids did not live in this town, right? Originally, like, no, they're yeah, they new. They're to new to the town. area, so yeah. that means that they were like, hey, at some point before the the kids' parents die, yeah, we have that's to find the other them, thing. Yeah. invite them to our town. Have them work for our shoe factory. And not let them go on a ski trip. No ski trip. (laughs) Right. Uh, That's that's just some Hollywood magic. Just tidying everything up in a nice, happy ending bow. Right. And it's like, again, I know it's for it's like for kids. So and it's like kind of a scary ish movie. So it's like it's nice to give them, you know, a a really clean. ending. It's, It's it's like it took two and a half movies of Back to the Future and merged them into about three minutes of movie like your head is like you're you're going whoa 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 whoa, what 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 here oh his family's there oh they're they're all young they're old they know they don't i, I was shocked 
I was shocked that that was that that's what they did with the end. I just assumed that okay, they're going to be you know grownups now, right? Um, yeah, you know, like everything's going to go, gonna go less, back in the box. Lesson but, learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, nope. if it were me, I would have probably taken an axe to that game. But hey, what do I know? Yeah, you can't. It's whatever. Because yeah. other people box. found it. Hey, did you? Here's a little tidbit. Cut out scene. So at the end, when uh, the family and the kids see Robin Williams and Bonnie Hunt. And Robin Williams has a gift to give to them. Remember, he gave them two two gifts. Yep. They were the shoes that David Allen Greer created. Oh, right. Yep. There's two two pairs of shoes for each of them. Great. Symmetry, Adam. It all comes through. <laughs> they sat on that design for 30 years. And they're like, okay, we got it now. Just in time. It should have been it should have been the Reebok pump. It should it have actually, lit- <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was in that era. And then I just picture like that custom, perfectly created soul that got rounded corners. Looks like looks like something from space. Like if I were to bend that shoemaker <laughs> parish, I would have thrown that guy right out the window. Like, what is this you're making here? We're looking for we, penny loafers. We're looking we, for yeah, penny loafers, and you got moon here. boots, bro. It's too much, too much, too fast. That's what I say. All right, we've crushed this movie. Let's give it a score, Jared. The soap score is. One and three quarter star. Um, Shane, just to correct you real quickly, there's four movies in this franchise. Uh, there are four. The Zathura. Oh, that's right, Zathura, which is which, which the John Favreau movie, which got fantastic reviews. Yes, that was a movie that helped him jumpstart his career, which I've never it was, seen. It's his second. It's like Elf, and then that. I yep. think. Yep. I don't think he's made a bad movie. <sighs> I mean, I guess Cowboys and Aliens isn't good, right? Okay, he's made one bad movie. Um, and so then like people, Iron Man 2 is bad. Uh, the Lion King, did he direct the, the remake of The Lion King? Yeah, people, I think he did. People weren't. He did The Jungle Book, didn't he? Uh, see, I liked The Jungle Book. Never so, saw it. Um, is that on Disney Plus? Can I watch that on Disney Plus? I assume so. Probably. Right? Yeah. Gotta be. It's and gotta if, be. You've, if you haven't seen Chef and you like food, I think that's a good movie, but it's also a vanity project that allows him to be around attractive women um, constantly. And I would say he did Made, which which is sort of the follow-up to Swingers, which I absolutely love that movie. Maybe that'll make movies we missed, Jared, made. Did we all see it? Is that a movie that Jared we should have seen? So, I, I mean, think we should. It's a follow-up to Swingers. I feel so like, I think, I feel like, to swingers. I still should, feel like this, see. no, I feel like this segment should be notable films that most people will have seen, but you, for some reason, did not. I don't think Made makes that much. That's Sorry. true. I agree. I, yeah, yeah. It, it's like still an indie yeah. movie. I mean, Coming maybe when we burn through the, segment, the whole list of, of eligible films, you can do made. All right. Maybe like we're like episode 708 and like, oh, we finally got it to made. I've Time seen to it, it. So it's it's on your shoulders, not mine. Shane, Shane, I'm going to have to tell you also, I think that I agree. John Favreau knows what he's doing in regards to Star Wars, but <laughs> Cowboys and Aliens. Never saw it. Iron Man 2, which maybe people like, but uh, no, I didn't wasn't like good. Better than three. Couples, couples Retreat. Um, oh, great movie. Okay, great he's not movie. infallible. All right, can we wrap it up? He's not infavorable. Here we go. Nice. Time All right. Th- thank you. You want to get us out of here? I'm thinking about it. All right. Okay, get us out of here. We'll be back. Three geeks on the internet. WSCT. Under the scope. Yes, indeed, it's under the scope and coming soon. 
Unmute. Unmute. I like how you voice over all of your actions. Unmute, flip over script, <laughs> read first sentence, and proceed. Okay. Adam. Is this coming up? This is the following week or two weeks after last week? It is the following week. These shows are back to back. Perfect. We've got uh, the aforementioned Diary of a Wimpy Kid on Disney+. Plus. Um, we have an animated, a Netflix animated movie, Back to the Outback. An Amazon um, thing, <laughs> movie, I guess, sci-fi thriller um, called Encounter. And it's got Octavia Spencer in it. She's the only one I, I recognize. And Flea. F-L-E-E a, uh, or F-L-E-A? E-E. Mm, so we're not, the, not yeah. the basis. Okay. Like, this is the weird week because next week is is like um, Don't Look Up, West Side Story. Um, maybe those are the only two real big ones. Um, yeah. But And then Spider-Man the following week. So this is kind of just the, this in-between week for, for movies. Um, so that's movies. You know, I realized I guess I didn't really do TV during this whole thing, but it's it, just it was a constant flood of TV. It's hard to keep track of it all. Yes, music. We've got stuff from of mice and men. I've heard of them. Um, that's it. The only one I've heard of. Devin Townsend, Arca. Uh, oh, Khalid. Okay, no, heard of Khalid. Uh, Adele's, Adele's follow up to her follow up. Are they broken up, up by region? Is there UK <laughs> music in this? I, I don't know. I already closed it. So if you have one, <laughs> wait, this guy uh, moves fast. Yeah. Um, okay. And then video games. We are at the end of the year, and you know what that means? No video what? games. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. There's like some things with weird, weird words I can barely pronounce, like Dragon Ropa, Decadence. Those are, we love um, that, it when you read those. That's a Switch visual novel. Mm, that sounds terrible. Uh, <laughs> uh, how about Dire Uku, Agents of Sukatran, Sukataran, which is a <laughs> Nintendo Switch <laughs> visual novel. I think you novel. forgot to set your location to the U.S. <laughs> You're getting Japanese releases. Um, yeah, you know, that's that's kind of where we are with uh, with stuff right now. Again, wait till February. Lots of good games coming out. Things are going to be, yeah, a lot of delayed games. Yeah. Well, All right. I'm sure we might talk about some of our favorite games in the coming weeks, but uh, we don't need to do that now. But then again, Adam and I both have giant stacks of games yet to be played, so we might be talking about like Halo 2 and uh, Ms. Pac-Man. Hey, hey, I wanted to mention, Shane, you One have... One last thing. One you last have, thing. You have uh, uh, Xbox, uh, whatever their, their service is, right? Where you get good games actually now um, i just have the basic service so i i can play online but i oh. do not have the game pass no i game mean pass. i actually have a year's full of game years worth of game pass that i bought for sales from sales mm-hmm. but i just haven't activated it yet okay. so i was gonna say there's a if you're into deck builders um monster train is on that i got it for the switch okay. uh because i don't have a, an xbox but monster trains real fun uh deck building game that is on game pass there we go hi hi Regards from Adam. Let's wrap this sucker up, Jared. Alrighty, sir. Take it home. You can feel it. Scintillating. Time to wrap it up. Episode two of the arc. The arc. Getting late. Tight. We did a couple of tight shows. Yeah, tight. First one was over an hour. This one is going to be just about an hour. So tight 
We're getting better every time. As it were. Um, folks, I'm not going to waste your time. We are tired. It's late. It's Tuesday night for us. It's almost 10 p.m. Central. Uh, we're old men. Time for bed. So if you want to write in, <laughs> comments at thescopeshow.com is the email. If you want to call in, 612-21-SCOPE. That is 612-217-2673. Or you can reach out on Facebook or Twitter. Those links, along with the link to our YouTube channel where you can watch the video that we casually produce for you every time we do one of these episodes. Those links are at the website, thescopeshow.com. If you want to keep the scope train rolling, chances are it's going to roll on without you. If you want to, if you want to pilot, I'm going to put this up as a perk, I think, on Patreon. You, uh, if you pledge $10 an episode, you can drive my custom bespoke gravy boat. I'll let you do it. I'll let you toot the horn. Patreon.com slash thescopeshow. $10 an episode gravy boat driving privileges for you i'm gonna be there to, to guide you to show you what to do because i know most of you haven't driven a tugboat before a gravy boat sorry um it should be fun we'll, we'll drive around the the uh the channels i don't know back <laughs> to you channels <laughs> what is this you trying to do my job what's going on <laughs> i just pull up an app i don't need a soundboard i don't need tabs it sounds great doing a great job a plus <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fun is over. Uh, let's wrap the sucker up. Jared Adam. Great job. We'll be back in the middle of October, middle of December with more scope. Until then, bye Ladies for now. Ladies and gentlemen, we find ourselves once again at the end. I hope you've enjoyed our time together. I know I have. Fear not, Scope Faithful. Days shall pass as if they were but a moment. And Jared, Adam, and Shane will return with another thrilling episode. Until then, send your comments to comments at thescopeshow.com or leave a voicemail message by dialing 612-21-SCOPE. That's 612-217-2673. Thanks for listening, faithful fans. This is Tony Partington saying... I say good night and rush. Tune in next time to another terrific edition of The Scope. Scope.